Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. We have a very, very special guest today and one of my close friends. Her name is Lila Gilmer. Lila, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, um, my name is Lila. I'm 17. I'm a junior and I'm a friend and teammate of Virginia's. Yeah, and today we are talking about Lila's kind of unique experience um, going to Catholic school and experiencing kind of the culture there and um just how it affected her. And so Lila, do you want to talk a little bit about your background, maybe how long you went to Catholic school? Um, and yeah. Yes. So I came from like a Christian Episcopal background. Um, my family went to church um, up until about second grade and then we stopped. Um, but then in fourth grade, I went to a small Catholic school um, I wasn't Catholic, but I my, it was a great school. Um, my parents saw that it was going to be a good education, so they were like, let's just try it out. Um, and I went there through fourth through eighth grade. Um, and most of the families there were Catholic. Um, they were predominantly white, upper middle class families, and it was also pretty conservative. Yeah. And so when did you start to realize that maybe some of the beliefs and cultures there didn't exactly fit what you kind of believed? Um, Well, when I was in fourth grade, like, I was fairly aware of my family's political views, like, we're pretty liberal, and my parents talk about it a lot. Um, And then at that age, it's kind of interesting, because people just say what their parents believe, usually. Mm -hmm. Um, But then kind of as I got older and the conversations at the school began to revolve more around politics, especially with the election in 2016, um, that's when I knew like um, my beliefs don't align with theirs. Um, And it's not like it was me versus them. Like my my sisters and my friends, some of them identified with how I thought, um, but largely it was different from what I thought. Yeah, and I think it's also again, like, I just want to reiterate, it's not all of, like, it's not just Catholicism in general. It's more kind of, like, the culture that I think sprang up. And can you talk a little bit more about your experience kind of during that election process and kind of, like, some of the things that you just saw crop up and how that affected you? Yeah, the election was, I mean, everybody remembers the 2016 election. Um, It's kind of infamous, famous slash infamous um but that's when a lot of people started to get more political um and especially being like that was when I was in seventh grade and like seventh grade is not normally a super fun time for anyone um but especially like this particular seventh grade experience like I mean I remember one time I was having a conversation with one of my classmates and I, we were talking about Obama and I, I'm a fan of Obama. So I was like, I like Obama. 
And she said, well, tell me one reason why you like Obama. And I was like, okay. So I went home that night and I made like a list of all the reasons why I liked Obama, like his policies, stuff like that. Um, And then the next day I brought it in and she said, let me see it. And I was like, oh, wow. Like she's actually going to read this. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, But then she ripped it up like right in front of me. And I mean, that is not, that is out of the ordinary. Like, yeah, that is not thing that people did um but that was just kind of an example of how sometimes it turned a little hostile and like my mom spoke with the principal about that and normally like my mom wouldn't say anything but that was just kind of like a culmination Mm -hmm. of what had happened so I just kind of had to learn to form my own beliefs and like how to defend them with reason yeah I think that that's a very important skill to learn but it's hard when it's like you're kind of talking to like a brick wall in some of the situations and in that specific manner how did the administration respond to that because I think that it's also difficult when you're in an institution where maybe even the leadership doesn't agree with you. Yeah that was there was an interesting situation there we actually cycled through a few different teachers. So seventh grade year, we had a sister taught by nuns. So we had a nun who like with political situations like this, she didn't really do anything. And my parents were mad. A couple of friends' parents were mad. So we ended up getting a new teacher and she was very, very um, not, I wouldn't say progressive, um but more progressive and so in that situation like we started having after that um or maybe before that but after that I would come in and I would have discussions with the principal after that situation I sat in I had discussion with the principal um I came and sat in her office and we just talked about like what happened why it happened Um, And then like every lunch, not every lunch, but a couple times a week, I would come in and I would have like philosophical slash political conversations with um, the nun during lunch, which was a really, really beneficial aspect of the school because I learned how to defend my beliefs against, but also people who were older than me, who I was maybe a little bit afraid of. Yeah, I feel like that's still so scary. And I mean, it goes a lot into like the aspect of age. And one of the reasons that I started this podcast to help, you know, like youth be able to talk about these things when we're constantly kind of beat down about them. And how do you feel like that importance of like being able to ask questions and have these discussions instead of it just kind of being like a, you know, like, because I said so (laughs) situation? Um, that was, honestly, that was kind of the biggest thing, um, because like I said at the beginning, there wasn't really a lot of conversation, um, but we had to kind of create this conversation for ourselves, like by a group of my friends and I, like pushing back when we saw something that we didn't like, um, and that gradually evolved into the lunchtime conversations, and it helped a lot because I knew that I was being listened to, like even if I felt like my classmates weren't listening to me, um, I knew that I had a teacher who had held different beliefs than I did, but we were able to have really engaging conversations. Um, and one of the things that my dad said, we were at a Thanksgiving thing, like the, the after the election, November, 
before, I can't remember. Um, but we all were saying like something we were proud of that year. And my dad was like, I'm proud of how my girls have like been able to formulate these conversations with, during this really challenging year. Yeah, I think that I think that that is so special and unique to be able to see you guys developing that again at like such a young age in middle school and having those conversations. And then one thing that I kind of want to talk about, because I think that it's very prevalent in a lot of different church cultures, but especially within the Catholic Church is purity culture and how that's kind of taught at a young age and how that manifests itself, especially in young women. So can you talk a little bit about your experience and maybe what you were taught? Yes. So once in seventh grade, an iconic year, um, that is when we had, it was called the theology of the body unit. And honestly, I'm not really sure what its goal was, um, but I think it was kind of a spinoff of sex ed, but it did not encompass like the traditional sex ed topics that you would think of. It was instead aimed, well, I will also say that I was a very small class. We graduated with 26 people and six of those people were boys. Mm. And in seventh grade, before seventh grade, we had pretty much even boys, but then in seventh grade, all of the boys left except for six um, to go to the all boys school. So the conversation was already directed towards females, but it kind of exacerbated that being like the heavily, the heavy, heavy majority of the students being females. So we were taught um, just kind of modesty and chastity were the only way to go. And the way that I began to see that, like it was modesty and chastity, but then it kind of evolved into like submission. And I don't know if that is the message that my teachers were trying to convey, but as I kind of think back on it, like it just paints kind of a negative picture in my mind of telling women that you should cover up, like this is how you should live your life. Um, and then yesterday I was actually watching the video that was played during our class. It's called Virtue Makes You Beautiful. And this is like the One Direction, like that's what makes you beautiful, but virtue no. makes you beautiful. <laughs> and it was like, like low cut shirts, whatever like you don't need that like all I need is your modesty and this is sung by like 20 males like it is a very very interesting video so that was kind of the main thing that just turned me a little bit off yeah and I think that that's it's so damaging because that that's also been like pervasive I think in a lot of our like society's culture I mean I was even looking at like I was watching the Britney Spears documentary like a couple of weeks ago and even the way that they were kind of like talking about her and her sexuality it was a very like weird dynamic when it comes to like, women and especially like young women and modesty and sexuality but I think that that specifically pushing that upon you I can imagine how it creates this sense of guilt surrounding sexuality in general as you get older. Yes and though I will also add like, I was very fortunate um, because, like, I'm straight, but I knew that some of my friends were questioning their sexuality um, and weren't straight. And that was very, very hard to see because one of the main concepts in this unit of theology of the body was what is a true Christian marriage? And it was, I mean, 
kind of without exception. It was it definitely without exception. It was male and female. And that was reiterated over and over and over again. And so to see that and see how that can lead to damaging um, beliefs for people, like when you're being taught that you're invalid and like your sexuality is not the right way to be, that was kind of the main thing. And I was lucky that I didn't have to deal with that, but I just kind of wanted to make sure um, that you know that other people did have to deal with it. Yeah, how was the topic of sexuality handled like at the church? Was it ever discussed, or sorry, not at the church, at the school? How has it ever um, come up? Like, was that discussed in any like units beyond that? Or was it more of just like a, this is the way to go. So if you're not following this, then you're wrong. Or were they specifically addressing any other sexualities? Um, so like I said, we had the teacher one year who left it cut and dry, like this is the way to be. Um, but she was replaced the next year and we had a wonderful teacher. And a lot of those lunchtime conversations were devoted to the topic of um, like sexuality and gay versus straight and all of this, all of these things. And I really appreciated having those conversations, but at the same time, I felt like, why can't we have these conversations like in the regular class? Like, why does this have to be hidden outside of the class? So it was kind of a two-faced thing um, in, in relation to that topic, but I I'd appreciate how there was a little bit more conversation there. Um, but overall, I wish that the whole class had been uh, incorporated into that conversation. Yeah. And specifically like in those in-class moments, were there ever times where somebody would maybe question the teacher, like just in the middle of it? Um, and if so, like, what was the response like in the class itself? Yeah. So my, my group of friends, we were, I, I would classify us as kind of like the rebels, like maybe like the liberal rebels. Mm -hmm. um, but we would step up and challenge things. Um, and sometimes it was addressed in class, but it was very short, curt. And then it was like, oh, but we can talk about this at lunch. Um, which I think at the time I was like, okay, like this is a step further. We're going to talk about it at lunch. Like that's okay. Um, but looking back on it once again, I wish that it had been uh, a deeper discussion in class. Yeah. And why do you feel like they maybe weren't as willing to discuss those things in class? Do you feel like it's because they were worried that you guys were going to like, quote unquote, convert the other kids into something or um, why do you feel like maybe they weren't willing to address those things in front of those other kids and maybe a broader audience? Um, everybody, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people held the, the beliefs of their parents. And this was a school where like people had siblings and like generations and generations would come back to the school. And so it was very, very hard to challenge like the common notion uh, once it's already been set. And I, I don't think that they'd ever been had a class who had forced this issue and who had questioned it. So I think it was, they wanted to keep, they wanted to keep the peace, um, which 
everybody wants to keep the peace. Like that's understandable, but there are some times where it needs to be disrupted. And this was one of those times, but I think it's because they wanted to keep the standard and they didn't want to make people unhappy. Yeah. I feel like, like you said, everybody kind of wants to keep the peace, but there's those times where it needs to be disrupted so that change can happen. And I think especially in our culture, like in our generation right now, where a lot of these conversations are happening with such frequency, it's, it feels like it's impossible to ignore that within the context of like a school setting where you're talking about kind of talking around these things like sexuality, or maybe um, just like all of these different topics. And I feel like, yeah, like you said, I wish that more kids got to kind of hear what you guys were saying too because I think that it creates like a little bit of a bubble when they're not hearing anybody else's voices especially if they're just hearing a lot of their parents and specifically what that what they're saying at the school and it's all just kind of reiterating what they already think back to them Mm -hmm, exactly and I know that parents were a huge thing because I listened to my parents like um I believe that I would be liberal, even if my parents weren't, but I began saying the things that I was saying because of what I heard from my parents. Um, And so I understand and I sympathize with everybody because I know that they were upholding the beliefs of their parents and of their religion too. And those beliefs are very strong and it's hard to change. And I I wasn't asking them to change. I was just kind of like asking them to think a little bit deeper about why you might think these things. Um, But it is just so hard to challenge a foundation that's already been set. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I I really like what you said there about just asking them to kind of think a little bit deeper and maybe ask these questions. Because I think that you know, when we get past just being in middle school or high school, and we're kind of in college and the real world, quote unquote, they're going to be asked these questions eventually. And, or at least I hope. (laughs) Um, So I think that it's important to kind of get those things happening then when they do have people that can maybe um, explain what they believe that are above them, like teachers, and things like that, who can kind of help guide them. But I think that, again, it is hard when maybe the teachers themselves have grown up and not asked themselves those questions and investigated those things at all either. And I know one thing that you and I have talked about specifically is, um, and I'm sure that a lot of people have associated with kind of the Catholic church in recent years is a little bit of um, the issues with priests and assaulting people. And I know that something specifically happened within the school that kind of relates to those scandals. And so can you dive a little bit into that topic? Yes. So. I graduated after eighth grade, um, and that was two, three years ago. I think it's three years ago. Um, and last summer, we had we had two priests. Um, one of the priests was old, and I think he left the school, so we had a new one. And I had him for I believe it was my seventh and eighth grade years. Um, but I graduated. But last summer, a, an article came out kind of unveiling what happened with him and what happened surrounding the diocese. And he had assaulted, it was a three, three schools, the elementary, middle school, high school, and a college. Um, and he had assaulted um, a student at the college. Um, and it was, it was an extensive article. Um, it was really, really disgusting what he did. Um, kind of it involved alcohol and like 
she was unconscious. So like these things just turned like, I never expected that this, I knew that these things had happened, but I never would ever expect this to happen like at my school with my priest. Um, so that kind of, that really opened my eyes because I think everybody thinks, oh, but that could never happen to me. Like that would never happen. I, I know him, he's a good man. Um, so that was a real, real uh, eye opener. Yeah, and how did the school respond in terms of like reaching out to the students in the community? Did they release a statement or say anything? And if so, what did it say? Um, so what I know is the dio the diocese heard about it, um, but they let him finish his contract at the school, mm. um, which seems really, really bad, especially concerning the high school is an all girl school. Um, and they never they never notified the parents, nothing along that lines, um, which is kind of it's a little scary. It's terrifying because everybody should know as soon as this happens and anyone a priest not a priest I believe should be like fired immediately as soon yeah. as a scandal like this arises yeah and how how what was your initial reaction I think I mean I know you said just like shock and kind of like how could this happen at my community but did you talk to other girls that you'd gone to school with and um or that maybe still even went there like what was their reaction what was your kind of reaction and thought processing dealing with that? Yeah, I was, I was at camp um, in Colorado when this story came out and my best friend, I met her at this school um, and I remember texting her immediately. I was like, what, what just happened? Like, did you see this article? Um, and she hadn't seen it yet and she was shocked as well. So just really the, just turned into like, a disgust and like how how can you let this happen like going back and reading through the gruesome details of it it's like how how especially like how can you know about this but not do anything about it um when you have an elementary middle high college everything um so after that the overwhelming feeling was just of disgust and just horrified that that could ever happen um, to someone. And initially the victim stayed silent, but the reason why she came out with her story was because as she was driving past his observatory, she saw um, a car of another uh, young student that she recognized. So that's when she realized like, I, this is my responsibility to say something because this could be happening to other people as well. So that was, that was how I felt, just really, really disgusted at how they could let this happen. Yeah, and I think especially them, them knowing about it and not notifying anybody, I think that, that is so concerning. And I think that as a parent, I'm surprised that more parents didn't maybe um, take concern and take issue with that. But I think that, like you said, when it kind of becomes this like dynasty of just people kind of you know, forming an allegiance to like this institution, it becomes hard to stray away from anything like that and try to talk to them even when it is apparent, you know? Yeah, and I I don't know how much the school knew. I just know that in the article I read, they were aware, I think it was quote, like suspicious behaviors um, from him. So, 
even and he had been in a diocese before in like Philadelphia and I think stuff may have arrived there and then he moved um but still like there's really no excuse and and these things need to be addressed right away yeah I totally agree and kind of um cycling back but also kind of just holistically talking about this whole conversation that we've had why do you feel like teaching kids these things at such a young age and maybe not giving them the opportunity to discuss these things is so harmful for them not only in their own lives but as they begin to get older and interact with the world around them yeah that's that's a really big thing and kind of contrasting with what you said this I believe that this experience was good was good for me because it caused me to challenge um, my beliefs and back them up with facts and all of that but for the people who already believed what was being told them, whose parents believed it, they were raised pre-K through 12th grade in this situation, they never had to challenge these beliefs. Um, And I think that that's a very important part of just growing up um, and forming your own ideas. And it's, it harms people when they don't, well, when they're fed one perspective for their whole life. And I'm like, of course, people have very wide varieties of perspectives. And like, I'm not saying that at this school, there was only one idea, like there were many ideas, but it's just the overwhelming um, concepts that were taught. And once again, like with it being like a pre-K through 12th grade, like there really was no room. Like if you had been taught this your whole life, like. I don't blame you like you've this is the only thing you've been taught um but it is harmful because you'd never have the opportunity to come up with your own beliefs i 100 percent agree and then kind of just to close it out what do you think that one thing that this school or maybe schools like this could do to promote more of a conversation and to kind of mitigate some of these issues i think holding more discussions Um, like the ones I had with my teachers, but holding them with the whole um, community at large. Um, Because like I said, these conversations were really, really helpful for me, but not everybody got to experience these conversations. Um, So just making more of an effort to have these conversations, have maybe speakers with different perspectives come in making an attempt to bring in students to the school with different perspectives Um, just kind of a diversity of everything would help everyone yeah i agree i agree and not vilifying opposing opinions i think is so important being able to really just have a discourse about them Um, and lila thank you so much for coming on today and for telling us all about your experience you are so eloquent and yeah thank you thank you